Broadcasting from the campus of Loyola University, it's 88.7 WLUW, Chicago Sound Alliance. Thank you for joining me every Sunday morning at 11 here on 88.7 FM WLUW. Got an hour uninterrupted of your favorite small town kid. Go to the Loyola Phoenix, Nick Schultz. I know Sister Jean pretty well. I think he's the sports editor there. He is. Right? He's a sports he's editor. Yeah. Sports good, columnist, sports writer. And, uh, and there's a, there's... I'd be lying if I said I wasn't watching baseball in class. Nick Schultz, who is a, a rising star in this profession. Our guy, Nick Schultz, covers... Loyola for the student newspaper there, the Loyola Phoenix. I have to keep pinching myself <laughs> and asking if this is real. I cannot believe this is happening. I'm a poor, starving college student, so I would say I was physically here, but I wouldn't say I was mentally here. Surprise! We have a show today. We weren't supposed to. I was supposed to be on my way to Chicago right now to go to Loyola versus Norfolk State. I was going to stay the night up there, catch up with some friends, catch some basketball. It was going to be awesome. I was excited. And then Loyola's dealing with COVID issues. Had a couple positive tests in the program. Canceled the game. Canceled Wednesday's game against Davidson. So I canceled my hotel room. And here I am. I figured I have nothing to do. May as well do a show unplanned. We have a lot to talk about. I know last week I wasn't on because I literally could not talk. Which I know some people would probably be grateful for that. You didn't have to hear the sound of my voice. But was not planning on doing a show until after Christmas. And kind of had a change of plans on Friday. Here we are. We'll talk about a lot of stuff. Mostly related to COVID-19. Unfortunately, as we head into the holiday season this week. On the Sunday Sports Shootout on WLUW 88.7 FM. I'm your host, Nick Schultz. It is so great to be back with you. Last Sunday was so weird, not being on the air and then having football on. You know I'm not feeling well when I miss Bears-Packers week. You know, I miss Packer week on the show. I had thoughts, and it was also the day after Loyola beat Vanderbilt. So I was sad to miss last week, but we're back earlier than expected. And we're getting right to it here because, as again, the reason we're having a show, Loyola canceled its next two games against Norfolk State, which was supposed to be today. And then at Davidson on Wednesday, they had some positive tests in the program. Not great timing for that with the holiday. Hopefully, I know that I want to say, I don't know for sure, because I was actually planning to, I had a credential for the game today. Thank you to Bill Barnes and the Loyola Athletic Department for giving this former Loyola Phoenix beat writer, a press pass for today if they had a game. I was going to ask Drew Valentine about the vaccination status of the team, but as far as I know, I want to say most of them have their COVID shots. So hopefully these guys can test out and go home for Christmas. But yeah, that's the big news is Loyola's non-conference schedule is now done. You know, they had the week off this week because of finals. It was finals week this week. They didn't play any games. They were going to have two games, including one really 
that would have been a good game on the schedule in Davidson. I want to say they're top 30, you know, top 50 in the net. So that would have been a really good game for a res from a resume standpoint. Obviously, the concern now is everybody's healthy from Drew Valentine was on the field of 68 this week with my guy, friend of the show, Kevin Sweeney. And it sounds like some of the guys are asymptomatic, which is good. So hopefully everything, hopefully everybody's well in the Loyola program, all things considered here. But it's been going around like crazy. This Omicron variant and the COVID-19 positives around sports we've seen. I mean, Loyola's far from the only college basketball program to be affected by COVID-19. I'll get to that in a little bit. But they're going to end their non-conference slate 9-2, and two, heading into Valley Play starting January 2nd. So this is a long layoff here. They're giving them a little bit of a holiday break, which that's usually what they do. They give them a finals break, they'll play a couple games, and then they'll have a holiday break, go home, see their families. Hopefully they can go home and see their families. So let's look back at the non-conference slate, non slate for Loyola. 9-2, and two, as I said, big win over Vanderbilt. I, two weeks ago now, technically. It was a week ago yesterday. They beat Vanderbilt at Vanderbilt. It was a really good game. I thought they did a very good job containing Scottie Pippen, at least as well as they could. I only watched on TV, well, on SEC Network Plus, whatever it was on on the computer. I only watched a little bit of it the first half. I had plans that night. But what I did see, it looked really good. Now, they still had that dry spell where they didn't score anything. But they came back well, good second half. And yeah, that beating Vanderbilt on the road, I mean, I guess Drew Valentine sitting there going, thanks for the $80,000, which I tweeted the, the clip from Smokey and the Bandit where I said, how much did Vanderbilt pay Loyola? And it's $80,000. That was a really good game. That's, I guess, a good way to end the non-conference schedule. As I said, 9-2, and two, and their only losses were to Michigan State at the buzzer. And I talked about that game on the air. That was classic Tom Izzo when that happened, coming out of a timeout. As soon as, as, soon as Michigan State called that timeout, I'm like, okay, this isn't going to go well. The other loss was to Auburn. That's a good Auburn team this year. So two uh, quote-unquote good losses, I'd say. I'm looking just at a resume standpoint. Yes, As of yesterday... I haven't looked today, but as of yesterday, Loyola was number 16 in the net, which is good. And now we head into Valley play, which, as we know, anything can happen in Valley play. And I know Valley teams have kind of been up and down this season. You know, Loyola is, they've got the best record at 9-2. and two. Let me pull up the rest of the standings here. Drake is seven and four, so is Southern Illinois. Illinois State seven and five. Bradley five and six. Missouri State eight and four. Indiana State and Valpo five and six. Northern Iowa four and five. Ouch. And Evansville four and eight. So looking at a record standpoint, yeah, Loyola is the best team in the league. Look, even going through non-con, I think the league is Loyola's to lose. But we know anything can happen in this league. I said Drake at seven and four. Drake is still a good team. They bring back a lot of pieces from last year. 
Do not sleep on Drake. I think Drake can make a run. And yeah, Northern Iowa was four and five, zero and one in Valley play. Because remember, they had the one-off game earlier in the month. They had the one-off Valley game. Don't sleep on Northern Iowa. I mean, I know they've had a rough go in non-conference. They've lost a couple games they shouldn't have lost. If you've watched even a little bit of Valley basketball over the years, I mean, I've been around this league now. This will be my fifth year, sixth year around the league, something like that. We know anything can happen. This overall non-conference record here, it doesn't matter. Once January 2nd comes around and we're into league play, there's no more non-conference games, hopefully no more non-conference games. We had that last year in conference play. They had a couple non-conference games because teams had to pause because of COVID. was really hoping we'd avoid that again this year, but here we are. It's just the nature of where things are at right now, I guess. But once we get into conference play, none of these records that I just read do you matter. It, would, it does not matter that Loyola went to the buzzer with Michigan State. It doesn't matter that they went to Vanderbilt and beat them handily. That doesn't matter. Once Valley play starts and they're playing on those Wednesdays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Saturdays and Sundays, and they're playing two times a year, none of this matters. But I guess it kind of does matter in a way because now we have a baseline of where teams are at. And I say again, this league, Loyola's the best team in the league. Loyola's last go-around in Missouri Valley, Loyola's the best team in the league. But you cannot sleep on Drake and Northern Iowa especially. Southern Illinois is a gritty team too. And obviously come tournament time, you have to watch Bradley because for some reason Bradley can have a mediocre at best season and then make it to the Arch Madness Championship. Which let's talk about Bradley for a second here. Yesterday I was uh, I was working on the news desk at on three, and it was weird. Usually when I work Saturdays, there's a bunch of games that we're following. Well, there were bowl games, and I'm in a weird spot here. I and my family have YouTube TV. If you haven't heard about this, YouTube TV, well, I guess Google and Disney aren't getting along. And YouTube TV does not carry ABC, Freeform, ESPN, ESPN2, SEC Network, all of that. Well, the bowl games, they're all on ABC, ESPN, ESPN2. So there were bowl games going on yesterday, and I'm sitting here going, I can't watch these. Because even to watch online, you need a provider that carries ESPN. Well, my provider doesn't carry ESPN anymore. So I'm sitting there with nothing to watch, so I threw on Bradley St. Joe's. And first of all, before I get to this game, St. Joe's mascot that is, it's not quite the friar from Providence. But that thing is creepy as hell. 
I mean, I remember St. Joe's came to Loyola. Now, I wasn't at that game. I had to work that day. But we, it, I was work, that was when I had my internship at NBC Sports Chicago. So we carried the game. So we had it on in the newsroom. And I'm watching, and this mascot, if you don't know about St. Joe's mascot, it is, they're the Eagles, or the Eagles, the Hawks, one of the two. Either way, it's a bird. And it sits there flapping the entire game. And I wish I was exaggerating when I say the entire game. This thing does not stop. It flaps its wings the entire game. Somebody posted a video from Carver Arena yesterday of warm-ups, and there's the, the hawk sitting there, flapping its wings during warm-ups, just not stopping. Apparently, the kid in the mascot costume gets a full-ride scholarship. Is at every game, home, road, whatever, and it stands there flapping its wings, and it is the creepiest thing. Anyway, Bradley St. Joe's. Watching this game yesterday, two pretty evenly matched teams. They're not very high in the net. You know, St. Joe's obviously in the A-10 where Loyola's playing next year. And Bradley, middle of the pack in the Valley, I want to say they're about 170 in the net. They're about, they're both pretty evenly matched. And they proved that during the game. There, there were... Spots in the game where it wasn't good basketball. There were spots in the game where it was good basketball. Bradley came away with the win, and it was close. It took until the final seconds, and it was a gutty win from the Braves. That's exactly how I worded it when I tweeted it. That was gutty. But the big concern, there was a play. How long was left? Six seconds, something like that. St. Joe's turned it over. Deshaun Henry got it on a breakaway and went for a dunk and was fouled hard. I think it, I thought it should have been called a flagrant. I can't remember if it was or not. But he was fouled hard. He didn't shoot the free throws. Came out of the game. The broadcast said he walked off under his own power, which is good. But he had a monster game, too. I want to say he had like 20 points. So that's something to watch heading into Valley Play. He should be fine in a couple weeks, I'd say. If he walked off under his own power, I'm not going to speculate on an injury here. I mean, there's a reason I majored in journalism. But you've got two weeks here. That's a lot of time to recover before Valley Play starts. Walked off under his own power. I never heard anything after the game, which is usually a good sign. That's something to watch is Deshaun Henry's health because he's a big part of that Bradley team. But I was very impressed with how that team Stuck together against St. Joe's yesterday in front of that really that creepy mascot, too. That just, I had a nightmare about it last night. No, I, I'm surprised I didn't have a nightmare about it last night, I should say. That thing, look it up, seriously. Uh, someone replied to one of my tweets about it, and there's an article about how about why it doesn't stop flapping. And I it, it nightmare fuel, I'm telling you, it's nightmare fuel. But again, Valley Play restarts January 2nd in full. Hopefully, as I said, teams get all their games in. Hopefully there's no COVID postponements because remember last year the Valley planned for this and they had the back-to-back games on like Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday where they were at the same site. The team switched uniforms. They switched. It was weird because Loyola was the away team at Gentile Arena. 
They're not doing that this year. They're back to normal where you got a couple days in between games, and hopefully things go without a hitch here. That's why the timing of this COVID outbreak, like I, I say it's bad timing because of the holidays coming up this week. I mean, Christmas is Saturday. And if you're wondering, no, I have not done my shopping yet. But that's not important right now. We'll maybe talk about that later in the show if I need time to fill. That's not important. The point is, the holidays this week make for bad timing. But from a basketball schedule standpoint, there's never a good time to have COVID issues. But teams have this now. Conference play starting in a couple weeks. Hopefully conference play goes without a hitch. I know they're talking about changing testing protocols. The NFL has already done that. I'll get into that a little bit in the second half hour. This is a weird time right now for college basketball. And, I mean, the NBA is dealing with stuff we saw what the Bulls were dealing with. You know, last week obviously didn't have a show. I didn't even do a podcast this week because I was coming off that cold. I literally couldn't talk. But the Bulls had... 10 players at one point in the COVID protocols. There was no earthly reason for them to even be thinking about playing a game. Finally, the league stepped in because here's what the NBA has in place. The NBA sets a minimum of eight players to play a game. Technically, the Bulls, yes, had 10 players in the protocol, but they had nine players available. Therefore, the NBA's rules or the NBA was sitting there saying, okay, you've got to play a game, just tough it up. Then, I guess the Chicago Department of Public Health stepped in and said, no, we're worried about an outbreak here. You're not playing these games, and the league finally backed down and said, okay, we're canceling the next two games. You know you're doing something wrong when the city of Chicago tells you that you're doing something wrong? (laughs) But anyway, Bulls had 10 players in the protocols at one point. Now, today, and I tried to double-check this as best I could, Kobe White is out of protocols. Remember, he was one of the first to go in. Javante Green is out. DeMar DeRozan's out. Derek Jones Jr. is working his way back. So is Stanley Johnson and Matt Thomas. Billy Donovan confirmed this week that Zach Levine, Troy Brown Jr., Io DeSumo, and Alizé Johnson, speaking of the Valley, are going to be out through Christmas. But it's good news that at least DeRozan's out, Kobe White's out, Javante Green's out, and Derek Jones Jr. is a question mark because the Bulls are playing a game tonight, and the Lakers are now dealing with COVID issues. Before, before we went on the air or as we were going on the air, it was weird with the timing, Lakers coach Frank Vogel is in COVID protocols. And I want to say Taylor Horton Tucker's in there. They've got a couple others dealing with COVID now, too. It is running rampant in the sports world. So the Bulls are supposed to play the Lakers tonight. I don't know if that game's going to happen. I mean, the Lakers are dealing with their COVID issues, and we just broke them. NBA is postponing Cleveland-Atlanta tonight. 
because Cleveland's got COVID issues. Trey Young was just put into COVID protocols before we were going on the air today. This is all unfolding in real time here. So the Cavaliers-Hawks game has been postponed tonight. That's three postponements now in the NBA because the Bulls had the first two. That's from Casey Johnson. And now we watch if Bulls-Lakers gets postponed. Because I'm, what's the Lakers COVID situation? I'm once again doing my Franks, or Mike Francesa impression here. Where I'm looking stuff up and talking on the air. Yeah, Frank Vogel is in health and safety protocols. Kendrick Nunn is out. That's good. Now, remember with the Lakers, Anthony Davis is out with an injury. Sprained his MCL. I'm sorry, Kendrick Nunn's on the injured list, so that really doesn't matter. Well, it matters that he's out of COVID protocols, but it doesn't matter from an availability standpoint. But, man, this is... It's going to be interesting. This... Like I said, all the NFL is dealing with its own stuff. They're changing testing stuff. The Bears were dealing with their own issues. I mean, they had non-COVID illness run through, too. So here's who's available for the Lakers. This is from Mike Trudell. For, he's from the Lakers, Lakers.com. Here's who's available for the Lakers. LeBron James, Russell Westbrook. Those are two starters. Wayne Ellington, Carmelo Anthony. Rajon Rondo, and I think that's DeAndre Jordan. Isaiah Thomas, not the one that played for the Pistons, obviously. Isaiah Thomas, who played for the Celtics. He's a 10-day through the hardship exemption. That's seven NBA players, and they got two two-way players available, too. So, if you're keeping count, that's nine. If two more of those players go into protocols or have an injury or something, because Anthony Davis is not on this list because he's hurt, tonight's game is not going to happen. And it wouldn't surprise me with nine, with seven NBA players available, with a couple two-way players, it wouldn't surprise me if it's canceled. Now, it is only 11.22 in the morning. The game's supposed to be played tonight in Chicago. We will see if it happens. Because Kent Bazemore ended up in health and safety protocols just this morning. So this is really interesting. This is a weird spot to be in. And Jonah Blatt, friend of the show, I was, he was one of the people I was going to see today at the game. Uh, he chimes in, I feel like a pause is coming. Feels like we're seeing five to ten new cases on a team per day right now. I really hope that's not the case. But I would understand if a pause is coming. You know, people were saying the other day that this had big March 11, 2020 vibes, which I really would not like to relive that day. I tell this story all the time. And have I told it on the show? I had a class from 7 to 9.30 that night, Wednesday, March 11, 2020. I went into class, and 
we had sports, everything. I mean, we heard rumors of a pause, whatever. Sports were going on. By the end of class, the NBA had shut down. The NHL had shut down. College basketball was getting ready to shut down. Tom Hanks had tested positive for COVID. It was the craziest two-and-a-half-hour class of my life, and I still, to this day, cannot tell you what we talked about in that class. I remember, for some reason, we watched an episode of a show with Rita Wilson in it. And the only reason I remember that is because we watched that and then literally three minutes later, I'm not exaggerating, three, five minutes later, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson tested positive for COVID in Australia. That's the only reason I remember that part of that class. So hopefully we avoid a pause and whatnot. But I would understand why. But this is unfolding fast. So the Bulls are supposed to play the Lakers tonight. It's supposed to be their first game in more than like a week and a half. And even before, I mean, they had what? It was Kobe, Javante, DeMar, Derek Jones Jr., and Stanley Johnson, I think. I think they had five in the protocols when they played their last game, and they were you could tell they were just shorthanded. And Alex Caruso has been dealing with a hamstring injury. So it was good time for the Bulls to take a pause. But this is this is not good. This is Omicron variant. This is people are comparing it to last year with all the postponements, and that was kind of before the vaccine was like widely available. And even this time last year, the vaccine was not widely available yet. It was close, but it wasn't yet. So, we're going to see what happens here. I'm going to have any updates that come in. And, yep, there's another one. Shams Sharania. The NBA will likely postpone multiple games today, including Nets Nuggets. So now we have two postponements in the NBA today. Brooklyn and Denver just got postponed. I'm watching for Bulls-Lakers to get postponed, too. Yeah, the sports world is having a reckoning right now. Is what it comes down to. I mean, that's, and I, it's not like teams are vaccinated, but this variant that's going around, this is going to be a very interesting day. Because we also have NFL games all day. And the NFL had to postpone some games to later this week because of. COVID outbreaks. And I will tell you about that in just a second, but I have to remind you, because we're approaching the bottom of the hour, you're listening to the Sunday Sports Shootout on WOUW 88.7 FM, broadcasting from the campus of Loyola University, Chicago. I'm coming to you from beautiful Dwight, Illinois, in a surprise show today. I was not planning on being on the air. If you missed it somehow, Loyola has... COVID issues canceled its next two games with Norfolk State, which was supposed to be today, and Davidson on Wednesday was going to that Norfolk State game today. That game obviously not happening, which is why I'm on here with you. And unfortunately, we're talking a lot about COVID-19 because we're getting breaking news in here already through the first half hour of the show. If you've missed it, Cleveland-Atlanta, Cavaliers-Hawks has been postponed, and Brooklyn Nets and Denver Nuggets just 
broke from Sham Sharania. That's getting postponed as well. I am watching for Bulls-Lakers to get moved. And the NBA is dealing with COVID issues. I mean, Kevin Durant, Trey Young, Evan Mobley, Zach Levine, Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden, LaMelo Ball. These are just some of the names that are in COVID protocols right now. And let me read you this list from Jeff Goodman, which Jeff Goodman works for a stadium and the field of 68. He's got his own. He's like a media mogul, I guess, in college basketball. He's very good at his job. And he lays out programs that are either paused or actively canceling games due to COVID-19. And this list is already outdated because this was yesterday morning. This is just the last update he posted. This is yesterday morning, 24 hours ago. Programs that have either paused or are actively canceling games due to COVID-19. Akron, Binghampton, Cleveland State, Colorado State, Cornell, DePaul, Florida State, Hampton, Loyola Chicago, Loyola Maryland, Northeastern, Ohio State, Penn State, Rutgers, Seton Hall, St. Francis in New York, Syracuse, Texas Southern, Tulane, UCLA. Today, you can add Chicago State to that list because Chicago State had to cancel its game today because it's got COVID protocols going on as well. So college basketball is being heavily impacted by this. The NBA is being heavily impacted by this. In the NFL, Seattle versus the LA Rams and the Washington football team versus the Philadelphia Eagles got postponed to Tuesday, and the Vegas Raiders versus Cleveland Browns got postponed to Monday. So you've got two Monday night games. Yeah, Bears, Vikings, and you've got Raiders, Browns. So you got postponements all over the place. I mean, my message for you here is just get your booster. I'm getting mine, I'm hoping either today or tomorrow. Because last night, I mean, I've been going out with my friends, going out to the bar and whatnot. I made the decision last night because I haven't got my booster yet. I'm supposed to go see my grandma on Friday, and she's a lymphoma survivor. So I'm like, I'm not going out because I haven't got my booster shot yet. Go get your booster shot. I mean, my family has theirs. I'm getting mine soon. I haven't been able to because, again, I went, I went to and then I had, got a cold. And they won't let you get the shot if you've got a sore throat or stuffy nose. Well, I had a sore throat or stuffy nose because I had a head cold. So I'm finally getting my shot here soon. You should go get yours too so we can avoid all of this. We'll have more updates throughout the next half hour. This is not going anywhere, unfortunately. But again, I read you some of the names that are in the NBA's COVID protocol. Kevin Durant, Trey Young, Evan Mobley, Zach Levine, Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden, LaMelo Ball. This is unfolding fast. We'll keep you posted. All right, we're going to talk Bears and NFL for most of the second half hour here, and we will obviously pivot to any breaking news that may or may not come in. We already had a couple things break in the first half hour. We're going to see what happens here into half hour number two. Bears-Vikings coming up Monday Night Football, ESPN, ABC, unless you've got YouTube TV, and then you're going to have to listen to Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer on the radio because you don't get the channels because you might be like me which may or may not be a bad thing, not being able to watch the Bears in primetime, because I remember last year 
Bears play the Vikings on Monday Night Football. And that was the game where... So, I want, so Trubisky was hurt. Foles was hurt. And the third string quarterback, whose name I'm blanking on right now, came in and the Bears made complete fools of themselves against the Vikings and got beat by Kirk Cousins, who I want to say had never won a Monday night game, or at least had only won like one or two. That was last year. So this year might not be a bad thing that I don't get the channel now. But last week was Packer week, which is why I was very sad I couldn't be on the air. Because I had thoughts. And I have even more thoughts after that game. Because that first half of Bears football, actually that second quarter of Bears football, was something we hadn't seen all year. It was a well-oiled machine. The over-under for last week's game was, what, 43 and a half? It hit at halftime. Packers won 45 to 30. The Bears had a lead going into halftime. And they lost. Because the Packers made adjustments. And Matt Nagy was out there having fun. Am I the only one who thought of the scene from Remember the Titans? Where the coach is talking to the player about having fun and not having fun? Because Catherine Tappan, the sideline reporter, said Matt Nagy was having fun. Look, a lot of Bears fans were having fun. But as Packers, and I even tweeted at halftime that the Bears were leading at halftime, and it was the the gif, not the gif, the gif of Michael Scott from the Scott, or Michael Scott from the Scott, Michael Scott from the office saying, I am ready to be hurt again. And I was, in fact, hurt again. Why are you only running David Montgomery one time in the second half? I did not understand that. I still do not understand that. The passing game was doing okay. I thought Justin Fields looked good. But you only ran David Montgomery one time in the second half. And also, I think we saw... Matt Nagy waved the white flag. I think we saw him wave the white flag on his tenure in Chicago because it's basically a consensus opinion. He's good as gone. Why it hasn't happened yet, I have no idea. But I think we saw the white flag get waved. The Bears had fourth and inches. They were down. What does this man decide to do? On fourth and inches, he punts. 
Gave Aaron Rodgers the ball back. You know what the Packers went down and did? They scored. I watched it happen, and I'm sitting there saying to myself, don't do it, Matt. I, I think I might have said it out loud. I'm like, don't do it, Matt. Don't do it. Don't do it. And there came Pat O'Donnell. That was part one. The other one. He kicked a field goal late in the game when you needed two touchdowns. Really? Well, and then here, here's the best part of this whole thing. You heard me say, I'm sitting there saying, don't punt it. Go for it. In his press conference Monday morning, Matt Nagy said, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, yeah, looking back at it, probably should have gone for it. Every Bears fan who has watched this team all year was saying in the moment, watching on TV, that you should go for it on fourth and inches. Because not only do you have David Montgomery, who can who is known for his ability to just fall forward. You have a dual-threat quarterback in Justin Fields who has proven he can use his legs. But, you know, the day after, Matt Nagy does his best Monday morning quarterback impression. Says, yeah, looking back at it, we probably should have gone for it. You think? I don't know if he's going to get fired during the season. I know the Bears have never done that. Granted, for a while there, the coach was the owner. And I don't think George Hallis would have fired himself during the season. So we kind of have to add that caveat to that. But the NFL just put in a new rule that says... Teams without a coach can do interviews, I think, what, two weeks, last two weeks of the season, something like that? If that's the case, if you're going to fire him, fire him. I know that sounds like a novel concept, that if you're going to let him go, just do it. But if the NFL is giving you an extra two weeks to do interviews, go for it. Now, you know my guy. Came on this show two weeks ago, and I sat here and said, I want Brian Day. You don't necessarily need that extra two weeks if your guy is at college. The guy should be Brian Day. But if you're looking at some NFL candidates, just get rid of him. Rip the Band-Aid off and fire him mid-year. So you can get a leg up because you've got competition now. The Jacksonville Jaguars this week, it's about damn time. They fired Urban Meyer. And this happened. This is great. So I remember because it was Wednesday night. Because on Wednesday night, I worked the night shift on the news desk at on three. And the night shift goes until... 
midnight Eastern, so 11 o'clock Central Time. I signed off the desk at 11. And it was what, 11.20, 11.25, maybe even 11.40, somewhere around the 11 o'clock hour Central Time. So it was after midnight Eastern. Adam Schefter tweets that the Jaguars fired Urban Meyer. And then came the statement from Shad Khan, and then it was official. It was one of the best news dumps I've seen in a while. Now think about all that Urban Meyer has put the Jaguars through and all that Urban Meyer has been through this year. He hired Chris Doyle, who got fired from Iowa for accusations of racism. He stayed back in Ohio and was seen at a bar with a woman who was maybe a little older than me. He kicked the kicker. That came out this week. It was, uh, what was his name? Chad Lambeau. He was warming up. He told this to the Tampa Bay Times. He was warming up, he was stretching, and Urban Meyer came over and kicked him in the hamstring, the same hamstring that was bugging him last year and gave him issues, and he said, hey, kicker, make your bleeping kicks. That is ridiculous. But Urban Meyer is gone in Jacksonville. So now, these coaches who you can interview and sell on your job. I've been thinking about this since Urban was fired. Which job is more attractive right now? Do you go down to Jacksonville where you have Trevor Lawrence? Or do you go to Chicago where you have Justin Fields? Now, I know Trevor Lawrence has not had a very good rookie season. It's tough to win in poker when you don't have anything. Trevor Lawrence got dealt a bad hand. So you can't look at that. You've got to look at, and same thing with Justin Fields. Justin Fields has not. I mean, I watched Mac Jones last night. Justin Fields has not had the year Mac Jones has had. Looking at a statistical standpoint, Justin Fields has had a mediocre rookie season. But what we have to look at, and the same thing with Trevor Lawrence, take the stats out of it. Watch the games. And we saw what these two did in college. What you have to look at if you're hiring a new coach, whether you're going to the college ranks, whether you're staying in the NFL ranks, whatever, what you have to look at is which one has the brighter future. Do you go with Trevor Lawrence, who starred at Clemson, Number one overall pick, 
consensus number one overall pick? Or do you go with Justin Fields, who's a dual threat, fell in the draft farther than people thought, but had a great career at Ohio State? That's what these GMs, that's what these owners have to sell these coaching candidates on. And it sounds like changes could be coming to the Bears. I know we talked about this last year hypothetically. There was nothing really to support it. But there could be changes this year. Apparently Dan Wiederer at the Tribune had this really long story. Now, the Tribune changed their website. I'm not a Tribune subscriber. I could not access the story. I did not read it. I heard about it on the radio. But in the story, I guess, Ted Phillips is apparently back and forth on stepping aside from football operations, which would allow the Bears to modernize the front office, which we talked about a year ago, and bring in a president of football operations. So if that's the case, does that add to the attractiveness of a job? I don't know what Jacksonville's front office is like. I have not done any research on it. But based on my knowledge, the Jaguars aren't making a GM change. That's to my knowledge. The rumors are heating up that Ryan Pace is likely to be gone as Bears GM. And I know there are former players say, calling for that too. Patrick Manley was on the score and brought up how he's had one winning season in seven years and it was 2018. That should be a fireable offense. And he made the point, and I'm going to give my dad the satisfaction of this. He's been saying this all year. He's been saying this now for, let's see, when did they fire Trustman? That's how long my dad's been saying this. The Bears fired Lovey Smith when he was 10-6. and six. Now you've got a general manager who's got one winning season in seven years. So the consensus is Ryan Pace will be gone too. Maybe he'll be kicked upstairs like Kenny Williams. I don't know. Either way, the Bears coaching search, the future of Justin Fields, comes down to whatever the Bears decide to do here. Does Ted Phillips step aside and just focus on business operations, getting them to Arlington Heights, building the new stadium, building the brand? what he's good at? Or does he continue as the team president and say that the general manager and head coach are their, quote, football guys? That is a direct quote. In last year's end-of-the-year press conference, he and George McCaskey sat there and said, Ryan and Matt are football guys. Do they stay with that model and bring in a new GM and a new head coach to be their football guys without a president of football operations, another football guy in the room.
I don't know. I hope they do. I hope they modernize this front office and do what we wanted them to do last year. But we will see. But you've got competition for a head coach now. You've got tough competition for a head coach now. Because you've got these candidates that are going to want to maybe look at Jacksonville with a former number one overall pick and maybe take on that talent instead of Justin Fields. It's going to be a really interesting month or so. Either way, I expect this time next month we are talking about a Bears coaching search or a new coach. I hope it's going to be Ryan Day at Ohio State. And I know I heard people the last couple weeks, oh, you want a guy who got blown out by Michigan this year? Okay, he lost to Michigan once. He had their number the last few years. You cannot go based off this year. I want Ryan Day. That's my guy. I'd be fine with Brian Dable from Buffalo if you can get him. I'm not sure if I want Josh McDaniels. Got about 10 minutes left here on the show. Have not seen any more on COVID cancellations in the NBA after a wild first half hour. Of course, I say that, and we're probably going to get a few in the last 10 minutes here. But we're still keeping an eye on everything going on. We'll bring you any updates as we can. So the Bears and the Vikings tomorrow night, Monday night football. Hopefully. And that's the caveat here. We have to, I'm going to start training myself, at least on the radio here, to not say will. You know, that was one thing when I worked for the Loyola Phoenix. Our staff advisor the now former staff advisor, works at the Sun-Times. He always told us to watch your absolutes. So we ended the story because we had people ask us when the next game was. We just assumed every story will write, okay, the Ramblers are going to take on Norfolk State, or the Ramblers will take on Norfolk State Sunday at 1 o'clock at Gentile Arena. With everything going on, and this was even before COVID, this this was ingrained in my brain since freshman year of college. I'm going to train myself to say the Bears are supposed to take on the Vikings. The Bears are scheduled to take on the Vikings. Hopefully the Bears are going to take on the Vikings. Something like that. Because as we've seen, this can change at the drop of a hat. So, the Bears are hopefully taking on the Vikings tomorrow, Monday Night Football, ESPN, ABC, unless you've got YouTube TV and you're listening to the radio, which is fine. I like listening to Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer. You know, the Bears, season's over. They're not even in the hunt anymore. The Vikings have a knack for Snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. And they lost to the Lions. However, 
I know how Matt Nagy does in primetime. Oh, I also forgot about this. This is a really important part of this game. I cannot believe I didn't put this in my notes. Um, the Bears do not have any coordinators for tomorrow. This was not in my notes. Um, Bill Lazor, Sean Desai, and Chris Tabor are all in COVID protocols. So the Bears have an interim offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and special teams coordinator. John DeFilippo is going to be the OC. Mike Pettin's going to be the DC. And Brian Ginchin, he's going to be the special teams coordinator. Now, here's the kicker here. With Bill Lazor not serving as the offensive coordinator, I believe, not sure, it, it has not been confirmed. We probably won't find out till after the game. But Matt Nagy is probably going to be calling plays again. So I cannot believe, I didn't bring that up, that the Bears do not have any coordinators for tomorrow. So Matt Nagy is probably calling plays. With Matt Nagy calling the plays, I do not expect the Bears to do much of anything. In fact, I just changed my prediction because I had that revelation mid-thought. So with that in mind, I'm picking the Vikings to win probably 21-17, 24-17. Somewhere around there. I'm going to go with 24-17. If the game happens, that is. You know, I, I just don't think with Matt Nagy calling the plays, things are going to go well. I originally had the Bears with 21 points. If Nagy's calling the plays, they're not scoring 21 points. And I always, my MO when I predict things and Matt Nagy's calling the plays is to predict a field goal in there because the Matt Nagy special is get close to the goal line and kick a field goal. Like, I just call that the... Nagy special. So I'm taking the Vikings 24-17 tomorrow and the game's at Soldier Field. Assuming things don't go south here. You know, if you're if you're just joining us, you know, we have about five minutes left, but if you're just tuning in, two more postponements in the NBA today. We've had NFL games get postponed this weekend. College games getting canceled all over the place. Obviously, Loyola is dealing with COVID issues. They were supposed to play Norfolk State today at 1 o'clock. The game is not happening. A couple of positive tests in Loyola's program. They wiped out their games for this week. They will not play again until January 2nd when... Conference play starts.
So Loyola is not immune to this either. Well, bad choice of words there. Loyola is not avoiding this either. NBA's got issues. The NFL's got issues. The NHL has issues. This is going to be a very interesting week. You know, we, we're supposed to have NFL games all day today. And so far, it looks like they're going to happen. Did just get word that Lamar Jackson is out today as he deals with that ankle injury, which is great news for my fantasy team because now I have to start Taysom Hill because I had to go to the waiver wire. And there's nobody on the waiver wire because we passed our trade deadline. So I have to start Taysom Hill now, which scares me. But Bears and the Vikings supposed to be tomorrow night on Monday Night Football. I'm fully prepared to listen to Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer. But locally, as I said, Loyola's got COVID issues. DePaul actually had to cancel. Cancel? I think it's cancel. It's Big East opener. And I want to say it's a forfeit, at least right now, when Big East rules. Because they've got COVID issues again. They had it last year, too. They didn't play their first game for a while because they had positive COVID tests. Just came out this morning, Chicago State is dealing with COVID issues. There's a lengthy list of college programs dealing with it. And, oh, we have another NBA postponement from Woj. Uh, Washington Wizards' Brooklyn Nets on Tuesday is also postponed. So Brooklyn's game today against Denver is postponed. Their game on Tuesday is being postponed as well. So that's another, that's two postponements now for the Nets. Second team in the NBA this year to have two postponements. The Bulls are the other one. The Bulls are supposed to take on the Lakers tonight. The Lakers have nine players available. They need eight to play a game. Two of those players they have available are two-way players, which means they're coming up from the G League. So something to monitor. I know the Bulls are at shoot-around right now. Good news for the Bulls. Alex Caruso, this is from Rob Schaefer at NBC Sports Chicago. Alex Caruso says his right hamstring is doing much better. And he says here, quote, I'm really just looking forward to getting back to games, getting some kind of normalcy back into our routine because the Bulls were off for a week. It's going to be really interesting here. I am out of time. Thank you, everybody, for listening and bearing with the pivoting with the breaking news today. It was great to be back on the air with you after missing last week. It's our last show before Christmas, so wishing everybody a very Merry Christmas. Enjoy the holiday. Hopefully you can spend time with your family. Go get your booster shot. I'm going to hopefully get mine today or tomorrow. Go get your booster. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Have a very, very Merry Christmas. Enjoy the NFL games that are happening, hopefully, today. Hopefully we don't have much more COVID postponements in sports, but doesn't look like we're going to get that way. But the big thing is, everybody, please stay healthy. Enjoy the holiday this weekend. We'll talk to you back here next Sunday. We're going to have a show next Sunday right here on WOUW 88.7 FM. I will see you next week. Merry Christmas, everybody. Have an awesome week.